Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the ages of ages. Amen. Holy Establish that which your right hand has planted. Επίσκεψε την άμπελον ταύτην και κατάρτισε αυτήν. Είναι φύτευσεν η δεξιά σου. Chicago, our spiritual father and shepherd, many years. No. 
Αθανάιο του Σεβασμιώτα του Κεφαίου Προβήτου Μητροπολίτου της Αγιώτατης Μητροπόλεως Σικάγου. Ήμουν με πατρός και ποιμελάρχου όλα τα The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord has chastened me solely. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. In those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists murmured against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the body of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochoros and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicolaus, a proselyte from Antioch, these they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands upon them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Peace be unto you, the reader.
come, arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be unto all. And with your spirit. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And Pilate wondered if he were already dead. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. And he bought a linen shroud, and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb, which had been hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, Bought, spice, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the door of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone was rolled back, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were amazed. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had come upon them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Peace be unto you who proclaims the gospel and to all the people. morning. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. It's always a great joy and a blessing for me to visit the great state of Minnesota and to visit our beautiful parishes, especially the church dedicated to the Virgin Mary, as we say, St. Mary's here in Minneapolis. Last time I was here was a little over a year ago, I think, for the funeral of Sa Father, I was gonna say Saint Anthony. 
Father Anthony Conyaris, and unfortunately it was um, the beginning of COVID and there were very few people, just the immediate family of Father Anthony were present with us. And knowing how much you as the faithful of St. Mary love this church and how much, how often you attend services, it broke my heart to see a church that was practically empty, especially on, for the occasion of the funeral for a great man, a priest who served this community with all of his heart, his, all of his mind and all of his soul. But today we are together. Later today, um, we will be releasing from the metropolis some updated protocols um, to help us get even more together, to get more people into our churches and to worship in the way we are used to. I won't spoil the surprise. <laughs> so I, I know we're live streaming, so we'll, we'll, we'll be patient. I, I just want to thank you for your patience, though, this past year, your humility with which you approached the pandemic, and with the Christian love that you had for your neighbor. This community, like many others around the metropolis, suffered, they, we struggled. It was difficult for us to change our behaviors, our patterns, what we took to be natural, how to worship, to venerate icons, to sit next to those that we want to be next to. Um, but we did all of this because we love our neighbor. And I want to thank all of you who are frontliners, especially the medical workers, the doctors, the nurses, those who are dealing with this, still are dealing with this in the hospitals. Um, the pandemic hasn't left us, so we, we are especially grateful to those men and women who have helped us finally come back to normal. Um, so next week will be definitely be different here at St. Mary's, I can promise you that. Today is the great feast of the myrrh-bearing women. We celebrate these bold, faithful, and selfless women who ministered unto Jesus. They were by Jesus' side long before his crucifixion and burial. We hear about them more during this time, but the truth is there were plenty of women that were disciples. We don't hear about them as disciples, unfortunately, they're, but they're there. They're by Jesus' side like the 12 disciples, the ones that we are more familiar with, learning from Jesus, hearing him preach with authority, seeing him heal, doing the miracles, and growing in faith each and every day. And nowadays we hear about organizations, nonprofits that advocate on behalf of women's rights, not only in the United States, but all over the world. And it's unfortunate because we have forgotten as, a, as humanity, we have forgotten the importance of women, the power of women, the central role of women in our lives from birth all the way to death. The importance of women in the life of Jesus Christ from his birth in the person of the Virgin Mary to the myrrh-bearing women who went to anoint his body. And so the church 
reminds us that all of these things that the world is trying to do really are based on the Bible. The church teaches us all how to be images of God, men and women. We're all children of God. And who are these myrrh-bearing women? I, as I was reading the scriptures and reflecting on them, trying to prepare for today's service, I noticed a few themes. I noticed the first, it, the boldness, the courage of these women. The second is their faith. And the third is their selflessness. So let's look at those one at a time. Their boldness or their courage. Think about what it must have been like in 33 AD for a group of women early in the morning, right as the sun is rising, to come out of their homes, not only women, but disciples of Christ, who was just crucified and considered, like many other um, sinners at the time, and criminals, right? So here is a group of women, disciples of Christ, leaving their homes still dark because they love their Lord, venturing off into the streets, not afraid of being vulnerable. And they were very vulnerable. They were vulnerable because they were women and anyone could take advantage of them on the streets. They don't, there were people probably out there looking to do them harm. They were vulnerable because they were disciples of Christ. And, you know, they just finished crucifying their master. Imagine what they might do to them. And that didn't stop them. They were courageous. And in that little booklet that you passed out yesterday in the memorial service, and later today you'll get one, Father Anthony speaks about courage. Find that one-liner. He speaks about courage being one's fears being answered by God. So were they afraid? Yes, absolutely. But they had courage. They prayed to God, and their fear turned into courage. The second thing is they had faith. If you pay close attention to the reading today, go back and read it when you go home with your family, they doubted at one point. They weren't sure who was going to roll the rock, the stone away. They saw where Jesus was buried. They saw it. They, they noticed that he was put into a cave. And they also noticed that the, 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 center, the, the guards went and covered up the cave with a big stone. So they were wondering, who's going to roll that out of the way for us? But they had faith. How many of us have that same faith? How many of us say, I, I say it myself often, I got to do this. God is calling me to this, to do this. There's a mission that God wants me to go on. And oftentimes I say, well, how the heck am I going to do this? How? And we get stuck on the how. We try to figure out how to do the undoable. Instead of thinking of who's going to help me, instead of thinking of how to achieve our goals, we should be thinking of who is going to stand next to me to help me achieve these goals. In the case of the myrrh-bearing women, 
Of course, they had each other. They were together. But the who, the central who in their life was Christ. It was their master. They didn't lose faith in their master because he was crucified and died. And so that faith kept them going. That he was the who that rolled the stone away for them. And finally, their selflessness. Think about what we would do if we were the myrrh-bearing women. Having entered the cave, having seen the angel, having seen the tomb empty, and receiving for the first time the news of the resurrection. These were the first people to hear about the resurrection. The first people to hear Christ is risen were the myrrh-bearers. No one else. Look what they did. They took that message and they went back and told Peter. The angel says, go back and tell Peter, who's afraid. He's up in that upper room, afraid, hiding, worried, of little faith. Go back and tell him and the others. And they did it. They didn't keep it for themselves. They could have said, we're special. The angel spoke to us. Let's keep this message for us, among us. Let's go tell our friends only. Let's go tell those who are like us only. No, they went back and told Peter and the disciples. And what happened after that? I mean, we happened. We happened because the myrrh-bearing women were selfless. I know this community is selfless. I have seen it, I have felt it over the past three years in many, many different ways. You have a legacy here of being selfless, of loving your neighbor unconditionally and doing so through your actions, your outreach, but especially through evangelism. It is embedded in this in your DNA, if you will, for over how many years under the leadership of Father Anthony and others who have served here, you have been reminded of the need to be selfless, to take the message of Christ is risen, and to share it. Otherwise, if you don't, if you don't say Christ is risen to somebody, it's going to be a silent room, like we had for a few seconds there, right? I mean, think about how demoralizing it is to say, Christ is risen, and not to hear that. So, beloved brothers and sisters, dear fathers, let us be like the myrrh-bearing women, courageous, faithful, and above all, selfless, so that the world can respond to the shout and the cry of, Christ is risen. Amen.